I'm more than you can handle. Uh, that, that anticipation gave you great excitement uh, as you prepared to go on this trip. Man, you just couldn't wait to go. Well, I read about one Sunday morning where a preacher asked the entire congregation to raise their hands if they wanted to go to heaven. Well, everybody in the service, except for one elderly lady back in the back, raised their hands. And so after the service, the preacher asked that lady, why didn't you raise your hand? Don't you want to go to heaven? And that lady said, well, just how soon are you aiming to make this trip? Have you ever noticed that for some unknown reason, our trip to heaven is one that we're just not in a great big hurry to make? But as we discovered last week, it's a trip every believer is going to make. Our trip to heaven, if we belong to Jesus, is one we will make because one day Jesus is coming to get his own. My question to you this morning is, are your bags packed? Are you ready to go? Today we're going to learn why you should have your bags packed. Why you should be ready to go. But I think that you would agree with me that in preparing for this trip, to heaven, there's some things we got to know first. Let's read on page 1050 in the Bibles in front of you from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 some of these things we need to know. In chapter 5 of verse, or chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, the Bible says this But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, peace and safety, and then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation." For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are also doing. So, there's one important thing that we need to do as we prepare for this trip to heaven. And the first thing we need to know is, Brother Bill, when are we leaving? Well, let's see what verse 1 through 3 says. Concerning the times or seasons, brethren, 
you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. See, when we're planning a vacation, when we're planning a trip, it'd be nice to know when we're going, right? Amen? It'd be nice to know when we're going so that we can make the proper preparations. So when are we going to leave on this trip to heaven? Well, the Bible doesn't give us an exact time. And now, to me, that don't seem right. How am I going to get to heaven if I don't know when we're going? Amen? I want to know when we're going to heaven. But our verses say this, that when Jesus returns, no one will be expecting it. The Bible says that his coming will be like a thief who comes in the night. And if we knew when the thief was coming in, we'd prepare ourselves, wouldn't we? Amen? We'd prepare ourselves and protect ourselves from the thief. So guess what? If you are not expecting Jesus, you will not be prepared. Did y'all get that? If you're not expecting him to come back, you will not be prepared for his return. Scripture teaches us that God the Father will decide when Jesus comes back. And since I don't know the mind of God, but I do know that the Word of God has not revealed when Jesus will return, then it's important for me to know that Jesus could come back at any given moment. At any moment. And so there's no need to talk about when. There's no need to talk about the times and dates of the Lord's return. Jesus has already told us, guess what, guys? It's going to be a surprise. You won't be expecting it. He said in Matthew 24, Jesus said this, But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son of God, but only my Father in heaven. But the coming of the Son of Man will be just like in the days of Noah. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Until that day when Noah entered the ark and they did not understand until the flood came. They understood then, amen. Until the flood came and took them all away. And listen to what Jesus said. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Friends, Jesus will return on what seems to be just a regular old ordinary day. And verse 3 tells us that the lost will be saying, Hey man, don't worry about everything. It's peaceful here. Don't worry about it. Everything is secure. But Jesus' return is going to rock their world. You see, many people have a false sense of security about their trip to heaven. Many people have a false sense of the peace of God they have. They think they're saved, but they're really not. 
So how about you? Do you have a relationship with God the Father that only comes through Jesus Christ? It's important that that relationship be solidified, but it's not just that. Do you have a fellowship with God that is ongoing and continual? Relationship and fellowship, right? If you don't have those, it may be indicative of the fact that you don't have a relationship with God. You may be saved in your mind, but you're really not. So let me ask you this. Are you counting on that relationship? Are you counting on that fellowship? Or are you counting on some religion to save you and help you on this trip to heaven? I read about one man who called 911 and said, My wife is pregnant and her contractions are only two minutes apart. And the doctor asked, her on the, asked him on the phone, Is this her first child? And he said, No, this is her husband. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Many women can identify with how contractions sneak up on you. <laughs> Who said ooh? <laughs> I never had one. Boy, I don't like the way they look. Amen? Matter of fact, you may not know this, but Brother Hal has some experiences with labor pains. You probably don't even remember this, brother. But on October the 9th, 2009, you gave cesarean birth to a five-millimeter kidney stone that we affectionately called Junior. Do you remember that? Yeah, I bet you remember that. Pain snuck up on you, didn't it, brother? Amen. Listen here. For the unprepared, the return of Jesus is going to sneak up on them too. Because they're not ready. Their bags aren't packed. But I have to ask this. Man, why don't God just go ahead and tell us? Why don't he just tell us when Jesus is going to return so we can be ready? Well, he doesn't tell us because if he did, then people would wait to the last minute, wouldn't they? Shake your head, yes, because you'd be one of them. Amen? They'd say, oh, man, I've got plenty of time. He's not coming until next week. And they certainly wouldn't live for today, would they? They certainly wouldn't be a testimony for God today, would they? See, there are a lot of people like that. Some people live that way anyway. Maybe they're young or they're spiritually immature and they think, oh man, I'll just follow Jesus when I get a little bit older, like grandma. But how many lives, how many lives have ended at a young age? Friends, listen, we don't know when Jesus is coming back, and so we must be in a constant state of preparedness. Constant state of preparedness. He can be back at any time. And when he comes back, he expects you to be ready. But that's not the only question we need to know when we're making a trip, especially one to heaven. 
The next thing we need to know is, who gets to go? Amen? That'd be a good question to know the answer to. Verse 4, But you, brethren, Paul says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day, and we are not of the night nor of the darkness. Now, according to those verses, only those who are the sons of the light are the ones who get to go on this trip to heaven. Paul wrote to the Ephesians and he said, For you all once were in darkness, but now you are the light of the world. Walk as children of light. Jesus himself said this, Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, that phrase back in verse 4 that says, but you, brethren, is unconditional. It's meant to draw a very sharp contrast between those people that are ready and these people who are not. These people who are walking in the light and these people who are walking in the darkness. There's a vast difference. And only the ones who are living and walking and placing their faith in the light are the ones who get to go. We're told that these who are living in the darkness will have that day of the Lord overtake them like a thief in the night. To overtake means to surprise or to seize or to take hold of with unpleasant results. But as Christians, as people that are walking in the light, we welcome the coming of the Lord, don't we? We welcome the coming of the Lord, don't we? But listen, those ones that have rejected him will fear that day because they're not ready. You see, not everybody gets to go on this trip to heaven. Not everybody gets to go. And some think they're going, but they're going to be stunned to find out that they're not going. They're going to say, but Bill, I did all those good things for kids. They're going to say, I helped out my neighbor every now and then. They're going to say, I paid my taxes. They're going to say, I worked hard all my life. And here's one that I've heard many times before. I've suffered a lot down here. I know I'm going to heaven. But listen, none of that matters. None of that matters. You must be a child of the light. You must be a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's someone who has accepted Jesus not only as the Savior of sin, but also the Lord of your life. You see the difference, right? So, when are we leaving? Only the Father knows. Who gets to go? Only those who are children of the light. But the third question we need to know to, to go on this trip is, how do we prepare for this trip? Look in verse 6. 
Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober or self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Did anybody else like to play hide-and-seek when you were a kid? Raise your hand. Man, I loved hide-and-seek. Man, I used to play hide-and-seek with my little dog, Gracie. And she was good at it, let me tell you. It's pretty bad when the only one that will play with you is your dog, right? But anyway, uh, I remember that when I played hide-and-seek with other people, uh, there was always one that was it, right? Somebody had to be it. You're it. And whoever was it would close their eyes and they would begin counting to 100, giving the others an opportunity to hide. Now, whoever was it might cheat a little bit because they're counting and they're going, 1, 2, 3, 14, 15, 61, 62, 100. And what would they shout next? Ready or not, here I come. Now, when we played this game, there are four things that you can take to the bank. One, you better believe he is coming. Two, he was coming when he got ready. Three, he's coming whether you're ready or not. And four, if you weren't ready, you're going to pay the consequences. I feel like this could be very true about our trip to heaven. So we better be ready for Christ's return. We better be looking for it to occur. Now I know most people don't like surprise company. A lot of people want a little bit of notice before they're going to have visitors. They want some notice so that they can prepare and get things cleaned up a little bit, don't they? Ladies, don't they? Say yes. Consider this your notice. He is coming. God has given us ample notice that Jesus will return. And so we better be alert. But what about when you're sleeping? How can you be prepared when you're sleeping? I'm not very alert when I'm sleeping. You? Maybe I should start going to bed prepared. Amen? Can I tell you that in general, the world we live in is spiritually asleep. They are not sensitive to the things of God. The world we live in is unaware and unconcerned with God just like in the days of Noah. Seems like people are intoxicated with worldly living and with earthly possessions. But friends, as believers, as children of the light, we need to be alert and be sober, be self-controlled, ready for the day to occur. You got to do whatever you got to do to build your faith, to strengthen your faith. You got to put hands and feet to your love. 
you got to remind yourself daily of what Jesus did for you so that you could be saved. And that's going to include several things, but first of all, it's going to include immersing yourself in the Word of God. You want to know what to do to be prepared for your trip to heaven? Here it is. It's right here. Immerse yourself in the Word of God. You want to know how to be prepared for your trip to heaven? How about spending some quiet time in the presence of God? You want to know what you can do to prepare for this trip to heaven? Maybe you can receive and give a little bit of encouragement to other people. See, we've got to be faithful to Christ. Faithful as Jesus' followers while we wait for his return. See, if we're anticipating his return, then we'll be prepared when he shows up. So when are we leaving on this trip? Only the Father knows. Who gets to go? Only sons of the light. How do we prepare Bill for this trip? Be informed. Be alert. And be self-controlled. But the last question we need to know is, who's paying for it? Who's paying for the trip? Verse 9, But God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore comfort each other, and edify one another, just as you are also doing. How many of you know that every trip costs something? Amen? Somebody's got to pay the bills, right? Somebody has to pay for the trip. I know when the LeMays and the Words went to Disney, all the children had these beautiful, cute little T-shirts that said, Best Day Ever. It was at Disney World. Best Day Ever. But then you look at all the dads, and they had T-shirts that said, Most Expensive Day Ever. <laughs> Somebody's got to pay for that trip. God paid the price. He sent his son to pay the ultimate price so we could be saved and take this trip to heaven. And God does not want us to be lost. He paid too high a price, y'all. It was the most expensive day ever. In the slightly less popular verse of John 3, 17... Jesus said, for God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It was going to be the most expensive day ever. Now, on a related subject, can I ask you a question this morning? Does God hate sin? Shake your head if you know God hates sin. We're teaching our children. That God hates sin. He hates sin. Yeah, I say he hates sin. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 6 says. There are six things the Lord hates. Even seven that are an abomination, that are detestable in his sight. Here they come. You ready? You ready? Say amen. A proud look. God hates pride. A lying tongue. 
God hates lies. Not the liar, but he hates lies. God hates the hands that kill the innocent. Do I have to expand on that for you? That a child in the womb is an innocent child. That God hates a heart that plots wicked plans. Did you know that God hates feet that run swiftly to do evil things? Did you know that God hates a false witness that utters lies? Did you know that God hates those that sow discord amongst the brothers and sisters in Christ? And listen, just because we can be absolutely assured of our salvation in, in Jesus Christ does not give us the permission to live a sinful life. In fact, I believe that God hates the sin in the believer more than he hates the sin in the lost sinner. We expect lost sinners to behave like lost sinners, don't we? Don't we? Should we not also expect believers to behave like believers? Now, the last verse in our passage tells us that we ought to be encouraging one another, helping each other do good, not tearing people down. We're here to help people grow. In fact, can I tell you, you are here this morning. You are here today. You are still alive. You exist to encourage each other, to help one another, to do good things. If that were not the case, you'd be a goner. You'd already made your trip to heaven. We exist to encourage and help with one another. Hebrews chapter 10 has a couple of the sweetest verses. Listen carefully. The writer says, let us consider how to stir up one another. See, that's what we're doing today. We're stirring up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting the assembling of ourselves together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Several years ago, the undisputed king of late-night TV, Johnny Carson, had a special guest on. And that special guest was none other than Billy Graham. During one lull in the conversation, Johnny said, You know what, Billy? I bet that if Jesus were to come back to earth today, we would do him in again. Billy Graham leaned forward and said, Johnny, in the Bible, we're told 
that Jesus is coming again. The first time he came in love, and the second time he's coming in power. Johnny, no one is going to do him in. Friends, listen. Knowing that Jesus is coming is more important than knowing when he's coming. The better question for you to answer this morning is this. Are your bags packed? Are you ready to go or not? Are you prepared for Jesus to call his children home? The good news is for you today is that today is the day you can get your life in order with God. So I want to encourage you in something this morning. He's going to come on a day just like this one. In fact, the day's not done. And he may come yet still. But as you watch for his coming, I want to encourage you to be informed to be alert, to be self-controlled. But most of all, I want you to get excited. Can we not get excited about Jesus coming again? Scared y'all, didn't I? Wake you up. Maybe if you find that you can't get excited, it's because you're unprepared. Y'all don't leave this building without not being prepared. Don't leave here unprepared. Leave here with your bags packed, ready to go. Because it will come like a thief in the night. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and for the powerful message that it sends to our soul to be alert to be ready, to be prepared, and to have our bags packed. Father, I pray that this morning you would speak to those who find themselves unprepared. That if you came as we were walking out of this building, they would have to be honest and say, on the trip. Lord, I pray you would do a supernatural work in each one of us. Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name to have your will and your way in every single person in this building. Be excited about the coming of the Lord. And we realize that we can only reach that excitement if we're prepared to go. Again, Lord, I pray. Speak in that still, soft whisper. And that, Lord, for that person who's ready to get ready, ready to get prepared, I pray you give them the courage to take that one step of faith, to step forward, step out, and step forward, Lord, just to come and receive the gift you offer of salvation. For you did not appoint us to wrath. 
but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. That's all.